Hi, everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Foundations. We are so glad that you are with us tonight. We are live, and we would love for you to um, just make yourself comfortable, invite a friend, um, share this, this broadcast, and, and come on and join us, because tonight we are going to talk about taking your therapy goal outside with um, Sarah Collins from Homeschool OT, and I'm so excited to have this conversation because we've been talking about outside learning, but we haven't been talking about like therapy. We've been talking more like school and education, field trips, and those types of things, and um, and I think our parents in the back of their mind are like, well, what about all this stuff that we have to do with our kids to, to just keep them on their, their goals? And I hope, I know Sarah's going to bring us some encouragement that we can do that even outside too. So, so welcome. I'm so glad to have you with us. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This is one of my favorite, favorite topics. And um, the world of occupational therapy, so many people are now heading outside anyway. So I absolutely love it. Oh, that's so cool. I, I'm excited to learn because I don't even know about that. <laughs> so, um, so yes, we're going to dive into that soon. I also want to thank Clearwater Press for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Hear a little bit more about um, the writing curriculum that they offer. But if you want to check them out ahead of time, you can go to clearwaterpress.com. And, um, and if you're watching, know that, um, and I see some of you are watching, um, that you can join in our conversation and we would love that. We'd love to know where you're from and um, maybe some therapy goals that you want to take out and include that in, as part of our conversation. That's why we're live. Um, so, so, yeah, just um, thank you for joining us and uh, and hope you can stay. So, um, so yeah, as we're getting started, Sarah, I would just love for you to share a little bit about some, some of your history and background. And I know you have some slides, so I'm going to bring those up. I know you've got some of that on there and just tell me when to go to the next slide and I will do that. And, um, and for those of you watching, know that we can stop at any point and, and add in your, your questions and comments too. We'd love to do that. Definitely. Um, I love to so, like really yeah. think through each family and people. I mean, that's, that's the basis yeah. of occupational therapy is that we look at specific people. So throw them at me. I would mm -hmm. love to love to help throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Awesome. So actually the very first slide starts talking a little bit about me. So if you go to that one and then I can um, kind of okay. expand a little bit, but basically yeah. who I am, I'm an occupational therapist. I've worked, um, mm -hmm. primarily I worked full-time for a long time when my kiddos were um, little and I was working and they were, and then they started going to school and we just really mm. thought that's what we do. You know, we followed right, right. along with what we thought. <laughs> what everybody does usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually through occupational therapy. I was um, working within a client's home and I saw her, she was homeschooled. Well, so I was working with like grandma over here and I saw the daughter oh. who was homeschooling her kids. And her atmosphere within her house was just, it facilitated learning all around her. And it was just something mm. to be seen and to be, um, I looked at her and I loved walking into that house and working, working with grandma over here. Um, and the good thing is, is that mm -hmm. with occupational therapy, so much of what our role is, is to help people resume, you know, working or, or doing life the way that they did before. And so like working right. with him and including her really mattered. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of got to be a little piece of it. And it was very shortly after that, my husband mm-hmm. got a new job up here in Pennsylvania. And so we got to start our own homeschool. Um, the very uh-huh. interesting thing with that was that I tried to take exactly what she did in her house and bring it into mm-hmm. my house. <laughs> and and how did that work? It was, yeah, well, <laughs> some of it was beautiful. Most mm-hmm. of it did not seem as peaceful as hers. So, <laughs> so it wasn't actually until we started doing some of this nature and being outside and um, mm. that really it, our homeschool took kind of on its own atmosphere that I would call yeah. beautiful now. So um, this is part of the reason why this is such a big and fantastic topic for me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a great example that you share too, because no two homeschools ever look alike and no. we just can't replicate what someone else does. So thank you for sharing that. That's an encouragement for many, I'm sure. Because, yeah, because right. our kids are different and our atmospheres are different mm-hmm. and our environments and what our kids like to do, they're all very different. And that's the beauty of homeschooling. Exactly. Well said. <laughs> I totally Perfect. Agree. So if you can go to the next one, and I'm going to show you exactly yes. kind of when we changed mm-hmm. over. Awesome. Yeah. So that picture right there is of my daughter, and she's outside. She's walking, you know, just walking along this little path with her binoculars. And um, hmm. so my daughter is fantastically made, wonderfully made, <laughs> and very tightly wound. Very, very tightly wound. She is a show that really um, likes to know what's coming and then likes to have her mm. goals and likes to um, be striving straight for them. Um, she, and then when things kind of don't go the way that she wants, it was very, it's a big learning curve for her. Mm-hmm. And she has come a long way. Yeah. And so much of that has to do with us going outside and just taking in our environments. Um, so yeah. I was publicly educated. My kids were at the beginning, obviously. And I really thought that like what I was going to be doing with my life was serving people through my occupational therapy, full-time career. Um, mm-hmm. And then once we got home, again, like I tried to bring in her homeschool into our homeschool. And the Mm -hmm. biggest problem with that was my daughter who was expecting what she had in public school and then was also expecting like what I told her was going to happen. And Mm -hmm. so when it wasn't working really well and we stopped and walked outside and really started to take in our surroundings and I could just kind of watch her unwind a little bit more each and every time in this picture, like mm. it still gets me a little, I don't know, a little Aww. teary because it's, yeah. I would say it's the time, right. That we started mm-hmm. to find our own groove and to really realize that so much of the beauty that we have the time now to observe mm. and to see and to um, take in and to learn from um, we just have that gift of time now and right. it's just, it's so great. It's so great. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. time is really, when you get down to it, that that's, that's the most important part of homeschooling is that, that one-on-one is what you cultivate in those moments that it, you know, you can add in whatever curriculum, you know, it's some, some curriculum helps more than others, but but it's that that relationship and you know just spending time with your kids. I 
And I totally agree. Love that you point that out. Move on to the next one. Um, So time for her has been huge. Um, Time now for my son is completely different. And what we are shooting for when we are outside is completely different. So who we are now, you know, who, when I said Mm -hmm. before that we were, um, you know, it took a while to figure out what our groove is. So who we are now, we are weekly hikers, actually twice a week. We do a Sabbath every Sunday with just as our family. And Mm -hmm. every Friday we do a nature group um, where we have, it started off with four families and Sometimes mm-hmm. we have upwards of 50 kids now. I mean, clearly it's oh. different with COVID and going back. and right. So it very mm-hmm. much fluctuates. But um, so we now are kind of leaders as far as taking people outside. And it is fantastic for my mm-hmm. children. Um, but my son, it has been especially very, very helpful for. He um, mm-hmm. is an, a very active kid. Um, <laughs> he also... <laughs> anything that requires him to sit takes a whole lot of time beforehand to prep him for. So meaning that he is really a sensory seeker, but what he's seeking Mm -hmm. is a lot of um, movement and joint. The term we use is joint proprioception. So it's the feedback through his joints, which actually helps to Mm. calm him down. So he really needs a lot of this movement. Um, The other thing is that he really, really struggled um, learning how to read. Um, And you and I talked Mm -hmm. about this in our last conversation, which was about a year Mm -hmm. ago, I think. Um, But we really were talking at that point about vision and literacy and all of the Mm pre-writing skills. And so for my son, he was not visually scanning left to right. His eye Mm -hmm. musculature was not developing um, at a quick speed, you know, actually very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it all came to a head. We were, um, when we were really trying to help him to read and he looked at me one day and he was like, mom, how do you read when the words are moving on the page? Hmm. Well, mm-hmm. they don't. <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> on the page. So um, being an occupational therapist, you know, I was able to really um, hone in with him on what that meant. And we did seek out Mm -hmm. some extra help. He went in and got vision therapy. We were working a lot on visual Mm -hmm. scanning, looking left to right. We were looking on convergent, working on convergence, which is, you know, your eyes Mm -hmm. teaming together and um, moving in, um, in the center so that you can, that's really pertinent when you are, you know, looking at the board or looking at something far away and then needing to look down close by. Um, and so we really started using outdoors to help to reinforce those goals. So I'll talk about that. Yeah. 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 It was really beautiful. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. Go on to the next one. Yeah. So yeah. here's the other thing. <laughs> you know, there are so many different philosophies of education. You know, we talk about all the time that there mm-hmm. is no right or wrong way to do it. Um, Charlotte Mason is one that really talks a lot about being outside. Um, the two mm-hmm. principles that really stand um, forth and outright to me when she's talking about this are that children are born persons. We talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit already is that yeah. every kiddo is is different, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but we can give them 
the freedom to be that person, especially if we're, we're heading outside and just giving them more open time. Um, yes. And she also says, yeah. never be within doors when you can rightly be without. And I will take that one <laughs> every day. Yeah. So, so totally agree. Yep. Those are, those are great. And yeah, we, we, we want to mold our children into something so cookie cutter-ish and we don't even realize that we have this philosophy and that when you see it like this, you know, on the screen, it's like, oh yeah, they are a person and I'm, you know, train them up in the way they should go. It means that's where their uniqueness in there <laughs> how much you can stuff yes. them into the same mold <laughs> have their own strengths and they have their own purpose and like our job is to help to shepherd them along that way it's not to create what we think or what society thinks that they should be or anything it's to be able to shepherd them yeah yeah that's beautiful um, you can go right, so what is ot <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> Right. So what is occupational therapy? So, um, and how does this help outside? So occupational mm -hmm. therapy is defined and I'm just going to read the actual definition and then I'll kind of tell you what mine is, but, um, it's defined mm -hmm. as the therapeutic use of everyday life occupations with persons, group, or populations for the purpose of enhancing or enabling participation. So basically what we look yeah. at is that we consider the or the specific skills we consider mm -hmm. the environment which is everything that's kind of around us obviously or within your home or in the area where mm -hmm. you live mm -hmm. and then we consider the occupation so what is it that they need to do or they want to do and again this is they this is <laughs> your child and what they specifically need and want to do so we consider all of those things um and we do it within an art and a science and that's if you follow me at all at social media, I have been talking about the art and the science all month long of how the science mm. of neuroscience, anatomy, physiology, kinesiology, even the science, you know, cognitive functions of the science of learning mm. and science of relations that um, Charlotte Mason talks about so much, knowing mm -hmm. all of this science and then applying it to that specific person, that's the art of it. And that's so great and that is what we can really facilitate when we are heading outside so when we're looking at yeah. goals yeah. specifically um we can be setting them based on the skills that a person needs and that's the science that's mm -hmm. what we're going to be going through here in a few minutes um okay. but then really looking at the participation and that application where whatever environment right. that you're in Okay. Yeah. And outside can, it can change so much. So you've got mm -hmm. quite a, a plethora of things to choose from. I want to thank, um, Terry said she was looking for us. It took a while, but I found you. Glad I was successful. Well, welcome Terry. We're glad to have you with us. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> ah, awesome. <laughs> mom, I'm, I'm glad, glad you found here. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Always the supporter. I love it. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So how does this mesh with the homeschool? So um, the mm. occupational therapist, you know, when you are going into therapy, um, so much of what we talk about, exactly what I just explained is the person, the occupation and the environment. Mm. And then we use occupation and really in two different ways. We use occupation as a goal. So like, what does your mm -hmm. child need and want to do 
eventually, or what are we striving towards? Yep. Okay. And then we try mm-hmm. to use occupation to actually meet those goals. So like a prime example, I have so many families who are coming to me talking about handwriting and talking about um, Mm -hmm. their children's grasp on a pencil, which is, so that would be the goal, right? Would be the handwriting. Mm -hmm. But to get that, we also need core strength. You need shoulder strength. You need to be able to Mm -hmm. move your hands. And those Mm -hmm. we can meet by being outside and climbing and um, moving around over obstacles that's all going to build that core mm-hmm. strength and the shoulder strength and your finger skills if you're outside and you're picking up small little rocks and objects that's the mm-hmm. same thing so we can use the occupation of you know being outside and climbing around you're using that occupation right. to meet the goal of your handwriting so that's that's kind of what the ot's role okay. is and then our role as homeschool parents are to be able to know, you know, you are the experts in your children. So you are really the ones who are, mm. who knows your own children's wants and your own children's needs. And mm. you're able to take kind of what we're talking about here of these goals and really apply it into your, your children in your environment. Yes. Yes. Cause all of our environments are different. We, some of us yeah. live in the city, some in the country and you know, you, you have access to maybe a playground or maybe a tree. Uh, but yes and and yeah like you said all of our children are different too so we've got those factors coming together so that's that's awesome and and just to be able to get them to reach those goals by but you know breaking it down i i loved how you (laughs) broke broke down the the handwriting because we we often well if we just make them write more they're going to be better at writing but um, but thinking of that whole person, that whole picture and like the whole upper body. We were just watching Karate Kid this last weekend and it made me think of a wax on, wax on. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, you're not know yes. how many times I've had my children washing windows and they wonder why my little oh. five-year-old is like scrubbing all the windows and he's writing his math work up on the writing, drawing up on our window and then washing mm-hmm. it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll get right in there. He has no idea he's working uh, on handwriting. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> oh. All right, you can move on. Great. Okay. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> I'm going to okay. try to start to explain a little bit more about each of the skills that we look at when mm-hmm. we are outside and what the um. So occupational therapy breaks down the skills within the person. You know, I was explaining a little bit about the person, the environment, and the occupation. So we really look at the skills mm-hmm. within the person as processing skills, as motor skills, and as social skills. So we okay. go through all three of those, and that's kind of how I'm going to break it down this way. Okay. That's awesome. Looking forward to it. All right. So examples. Love it. Yes. Right. So here I mentioned a little bit about my son um, and about his vision and what we were really working on um, with him. So the -hmm. occupation that he obviously needed to be able to do was to learn to read. And that's what was really Mm -hmm. holding him, holding him back was his vision. Um, The occupation Mm -hmm. that he wanted to do, though, was to be able to play hockey. And this was huge for him to be able to. I know. I know. And Mm -hmm. he actually just... um, 
just going to toot his little horn for a second, but he just um, tried out again yeah. um, a couple weeks ago and made our um, top team for our local league. Oh, yay. So all of this works. <laughs> that was exciting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so what was happening for him, I mentioned, was convergence disorder, visual scanning, problems with sensory processing. Um, and mm-hmm. so we just used so much outside. Now, again, this was in addition to his therapy um, where he was going mm-hmm. to vision therapy. Um, but what we were doing was things like he would be bird watching. So he would look outside and even close by yes. in our bird feeder. And then we would find it in a book right next to him. So he was looking mm-hmm. out and then looking down. Um, we did mm-hmm. a ton of looking out and trying to find specific details. So um, what does mm-hmm. the beak look like? What does the eye, you know, what are the eyes look like? And then he would draw mm. So again, oh, he's looking. Yes, yeah. so you're going up and then right. down. Yeah. Okay. Um, Very cool. Tadpole catching, which that's what he's doing mm. right there. But there he was uh-huh. standing left to right, which is the motor pattern that we were looking for. So he's all over the water that's down below. And mm-hmm. those little things are fast, right? They are. Yes. Very slowly. <laughs> Um, so he did a lot of that, um, hiking with intentional mm. questions. So I would be, I did a lot mm. of, I spy with my little eye, you know, looking out, um, oh, yes. you know, in the woods when we're on our hike or trying to find mm-hmm. some tiny little things that were nearby of what kind of flower is that? And do you, mm-hmm. um, have you ever seen that one before? So he's recalling and having to come up with a visual memory, um, all mm. of these things that really targeted the exact same skills that he was working on in therapy. And so here's my little PSA as far as um, families who are, who have their kids in therapy, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, OT is a, obviously I, I am an OT, but I, I think mm-hmm. occupational therapists have a huge role within the, our homeschooling community. Um, yeah. But you should know what your children's goals are there. And there's so many people that mm-hmm. I talk to that I'm like, I don't know what, she's working on in, in OT or really? you know, I don't know what the OT is mm-hmm. setting the goals for. So if you, they should be sharing with you, they should be part of your team mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sharing with you what the goals are. And so that you can carry it over into your homeschool day, yes. into the, your outside, mm-hmm. into, you know, your life, because that's our point is to help our kids to do what they want and they need to do. So if we are looking at it within our whole daily life, you have all the time in the world to be able to incorporate these things naturally. Yeah. And I'm assuming, naturally. you know, when you're working with the therapist, you know, that they would know if you're asking them, well, what can we do outside to work on the same skills that you're working on? And they would have suggestions for, you know, uncreative people like me. <laughs> Well, they should, they should for sure. And they should mm-hmm. be able to say, you know, say some examples of other places or other or things that they, that you can carry over into different environments. Um, if they can't call me because I'll help you. <laughs> that's yep. that's well, part of what I do is help families to carry this over into, you know, carry over skills into their homeschool day. And I would love to help you with that. That's awesome. Great. Yep. And we'll have your contact information up now and actually put it up right here. It's homeschoolot.com. So yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So next slide. Please. All right. All right. So here's these specific skills that I'm saying we are going to break down. So I think Mm. we're going to go ahead. I think we're going to start with the process skills. Okay. 
motor skills. Oh, just kidding. We are. We're going to start with the motor skills, not with the process skills. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> again, in occupational therapy, we look at each and every tiny little thing that there is. Okay. So these are, mm. this comes from the occupational therapy practice framework, which is cited at the end. If you ever really want to read a document that's about 90 pages long, and it's probably only interesting mm. to occupational therapists, you are welcome to it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> more power to you. <laughs> My eyes would glow. So it is safe at the end. Or you could just listen mm. to me because I'll try to break it down here a little bit for you. But so these are awesome. when we're speaking of motor skills, these are the actual ones that OTs are looking for. So stabilizing is mm. obviously holding your body straight and being able to stabilize the whole way so that if you're sitting in a okay. chair or if you're standing up. You're able to adjust mm -hmm. your balance the way that you need to. You are aligning okay. your whole body standing mm -hmm. or when you're sitting, you know, if you have to lean over, is your head following the way that it is? Or is it tilting? Mm -hmm. Which then throws you off balance. Are you able to reach? Mm -hmm. That's typically uh, from your shoulders, but are you able to reach to um, a target? You know, not just reaching out and missing okay. exactly what you're looking for. Um, mm -hmm. Bending, that's from your waist. Um, gripping, mm -hmm. can you grip um, and know? Mm -hmm. So the next one is um, manipulate. So can you grip something and then be able to manipulate it or move it around? Oh, okay. um, mm -hmm. Can you coordinate both sides of your body or coordinate to do mm -hmm. two different things? Like, for example, holding your paper mm -hmm. with one hand and writing with the other. Or when you're climbing a tree, can you coordinate holding with one hand and reaching uh, to the next yes. with the next? Mm -hmm. um, moving is just very simple, but can you know exactly where you're going and project yourself in that direction? It's the same kind of thing with target accuracy when you're reaching. It. Can you move toward the target? Mm -hmm. um, can you lift okay. something? Yeah. And then later on we have transport it. So can you lift? Can you walk? Okay. And can you transport that object? So many times people who are mm -hmm. carrying something then lose their balance. So are you able to do those things? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Calibrate is when you are gripping something like a water bottle. Um, are you holding it so tight that the water's coming out of the top or spilling over? Uh, or if you're mm -hmm. opening a container in the kitchen and you have to rip it open, is all the ingredients flying out because you are not able to hold it with the correct or calibrate it correctly? Um, mm -hmm. Slow would be, are you really jerky or can you just complete one uh, one motor task fluidly mm -hmm. um, uh, endurance yep. and pacing kind of go hand in hand so do you have enough mm -hmm. um, endurance to make it to the end of whatever your task is or once you climb that tree are you stuck at the top because you're so exhausted <laughs> that you can't make <laughs> <Right>. that <down? laughs> well, we call that old age <laughs> <laughs> we might, yeah. although I don't think I'm old and I don't have that much endurance, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and oh, pacing yourself, do you do things really quickly and then really slowly to get to the end? Or are you able to kind of go straight along throughout the entire task? Um, and all of these take a lot of practice. But so when mm. we're thinking about, you know, we get so many fine motor versus gross motor, but they're all really interconnected with these motor skills here. So some examples, if you go to the next slide, you can see kind of how nature can cater to these. There we go. 
All right. So this is all my kiddos. And here's how we are. Hmm. They're always my example and they know it. And I always yeah, ask them that's beforehand good. if that's okay. <laughs> but mm-hmm. here we are. So um, you can see the picture on the left is my son who's climbing up a rock, rocky wall. And yeah. you know, he stopped to pose. But when he stopped to pose, he had to align his body and look how his feet are facing one direction. But then he turns his torso in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So that's a skill right within itself. Or is he really wobbly and has to turn himself that whole way around? So even these really simple things, you're working on your motor skills in that respect. And he's practicing so well outside. Um, This next picture, my little guy, who's um, he's got flowers right next to him. And he was trying Mm -hmm. so hard not to pull them all off, (laughs) all the petals off. And and then he... poor sweet thing he had a little um, mop mm. in his hand first which unfortunately met his demise in that moment oh, no. when he was trying to feed him, right? feed him back to the, so that he could get all the pollen he needed from the flowers but oh. in that moment right he, the calibration of that grasp so that he wasn't smushing the moth and mm. was holding right next to those flower petals the delicacy mm-hmm. of that moment those are the same yeah. types of things that carry directly over into holding a pencil hmm. and having it not break in your hand or the amount of pressure that okay. it takes to write on a piece of paper. You know, if hmm. you can, if you're outside and you're picking up acorns, which are harder versus you're picking off these right. little petals of a flower, those hmm. are the same exact skills there. Um, the next one is my five-year-old right after he learned to ride a bike. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we're thinking about environments, look at the bumpy road that he's on in that, right. in that situation. Oh, so you okay. have to be able to align your body very differently and stabilize your body there differently than if you're riding on a road. Um, so these are skills mm-hmm. that are translatable um, because the same thing happens. You know, if you are in your own home and you're switching over floors, you know, you're going upstairs or you're walking into the kitchen, mm-hmm. which feels different. Those are the same skills. So you can take those therapy goals right outside. Um, the next one is my um, two boys who decided they were going to dig this nice deep trench. We had just actually finished reading the book Holes and they were just all over it in my backyard. <laughs> I think every boy in their life has to dig a hole. You know, at least right? one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, they made little benches in it and everything, and they were waiting for rain to come, thinking they were going to have a pool. And um, oh, buddy, you know how hard it's going to have to rain for that to stay. (laughs) That's okay. It kept them very busy for a very long time. But exactly, yes. And they were carrying over the literature that we had just read. So just within that, it was a great. You know, that's carrying over the homeschool Mm -hmm. goals, but. Therapy-wise, gripping that shovel and all of that upper body strength, again, that stabilization Mm. through their core and their shoulders. So this goes right along with the strengthening. Um, For my son, um, who I was talking about his vision, being able to keep those lines exactly straight, those are the eye muscles that we work. Mm. You know, that's the same thing as far as calibration goes. Um, So all of those, you know, just by being outside. So I was not specifically mm-hmm. saying, hey, go climb up those rocks because I really want to um, check how you can align and stabilize and reach. Um, but mm-hmm. instead, I put him outside and he was naturally doing it on his own. 
That is a great point that, you know, we can get so caught in the mechanics. And yet when you're having fun, all these things come together just in natural environments. And that's, that's awesome. I love that. So much when I talk to families and I'm talking about, yes, this is the science of it, right? So you're learning all of the Mm -hmm. specific motor skills that we look for, um, which goes again, right along with anatomy and with kinesiology um, and even Mm -hmm. with physiology. So yes, you're learning the science of it, but you are the artist who gets to carry it over within your children and just putting them mm-hmm. in that environment and really help them to carry over these skills that they're working on in therapy or carry over the skills that you're working on specifically in your you know home exercise program or whatever, putting them outside and they're naturally yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then I'll bring you back and, um, Sarah's got a lot more, so you do not want to go anywhere. <laughs> bring from our sponsor, and um, and then I will bring her back. Um, so I just want to thank Clearwater Press for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Um, what Clearwater Press has writing curriculum, which I view with my kids, and I would highly recommend it. Um, but they want you to know that learning to write should be immersive. After all, stories are immersive. So it's not your writing curriculum. Press teaches imaginative, game-changing language arts on video for grades 6 through 12. Your student can create a magazine with a cover, with cover story. My daughter did that. She loved it. Um, write their own novel with the one-year adventure novel or time travel as a journalist with Byline. You can visit them at clearwaterpress.com and harness the power of the story. So I'm thinking I have that quote. Um, I might have put their website up wrong. I'll have to, yes, it's clearwaterpress.com. So so definitely check that out. And um, if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler and you were looking for something maybe a little more creative, for writing, um, check out their website. I, again, kudos to them because that that magazine writing for my daughter major for her. So, um, so I just want to put in that plug myself. So, welcome, Sarah. Also, I'm going to go check out Clearwater Press. Why my daughter? I think would absolutely love that. <laughs> she keeps talking about wanting to write. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, so the magazine one, you know, for the younger, um, my daughter illustrated it too, and then we did publish it. And, and it's so fun to look through because they do like a restaurant review, they do a poem, they write a short story, and all these different writing, um, styles all in one little neatly packaged set. So oh, it, it's really cool. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and speaking of, you know, the cognitive skills, we're actually going to head right on into, yes, process skills. Yeah, well, here we go. process right. skills. But so process skills and cognitive skills really go, go hand in hand. But these are the um, small observable actions that were related to like interacting with other tools. Okay. So um, the first one, mm-hmm. I can't even see on this because <laughs> it's way way I have it set up. Okay, so the first oh, it is really small. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, the first one is pacing, is which goes pace, along pacing. Yeah, mm-hmm. pacing. Yeah. So it goes along with the same thing that you would be thinking about with motor skills, 
except that this time you're pacing your endurance. Mm. You know, we, your, your cognition and your um, ability to focus, you know, we all have times when you are really, you're, you're tuned in and then all of a sudden you're like, mm-hmm. you know, and you're looking right. at exactly. everywhere. Um, but so pacing your, your brain almost so that you can stay focused. Hmm. That's what that one has to do with. Okay. Um, we have, have no idea. <laughs> See, learning all of these important skills, right? Oh, exactly. So we talked about pacing and then attending. So you have to pace to be able to attend, right? So you have to be able to keep um, your focus. Um, Mm -hmm. Choosing, so that would be obviously making choices, but within a, when we're talking about using tools. So if we are choosing what item is going to be necessary for writing or choosing um, Mm -hmm. choosing even like a paintbrush or whatever that you choosing your items Mm -hmm. that you want and knowing knowing that you're going to use utilize it which is the next one using Mm -hmm. for the correct purpose so this one always makes me think about um the little mermaid, you know, when she's like using the oh, fork, the fork is the, yeah, cork. Yeah, right. So that is choosing the right utensils and then using them for the way that they're supposed to be, right? Got um, it. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Great the next example. one is <laughs> they didn't know that they were uh-huh. considering occupational therapy within their their movie. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, handling. So once you have these tools, are you handling them in the correct way? Or are you, you know, throwing your fork across the room? Do you know Mm -hmm. exactly what it should be used for and how to safely use it? Um, Mm -hmm. Inquiring. So asking questions or um, knowing, hey, here's something that I am confused about. Can you tell me more? Or I really wonder about this. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wondering and inquiring outside. I mean, what? that's like the best environment to encourage this. Right. Because uh-huh. you run into so many things that you've never had before. It's it's always a new environment. Yes. And in fact, I was telling you about my daughter who can be very, very tightly wound. And there was one mm-hmm. day that I would I took her outside and I was like, you know what? We're just gonna walk and walk until you fi- tell me five things that you want wonder about. Oh, looking funny. Back, it yeah. probably wasn't my best parenting moment because I was doing it out of a moment of really frustration. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it served its purpose because after she stopped being like, mom, and, and I don't wonder about anything because you're telling me to, then we both kind of took a deep breath <laughs> and I calmed myself down and I was like, you know what? You're mm-hmm. right. You're never going to wonder when I'm just saying, hey, uh, ask me a question about that. But right. when we just calmed down and took in our surroundings, there really is so much that she does wonder about. And that gave us that opportunity mm. to connect and to um, right. for me to really encourage her in that situation. Mm. Um, so, and that also goes right along with initiating. So if you do wonder mm. about something, do you keep that inside? Or are you able to then know what to do next about your inquiry? Can you find mm-hmm. resources? Mm-hmm. Can you um, or know who to ask a question to? Or can you oh, consider yes. it based on something that you've already learned in the past? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> can, continuing... So that is, um, it kind of goes right along with pacing and attending, but it, once you start something, can you continue it or are you always flooding off to find the next thing? Um, sequencing. So knowing when it starts mm. first, what goes in the middle, 
and then terminating is knowing when something mm-hmm. is over. Um, I think about this one a lot. You saw a picture of my son climbing, climbing mm-hmm. up a hill, or if we're talking about climbing up a tree, mm-hmm. you have to know what do I do first with my body? What do I do second? Mm-hmm. When should I stop? <laughs> and then you should stop. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, before you're up at the top of this you know, tree that is not very safe and you're wobbling yeah. back and forth. Because that has also happened (laughs) on my watch. Um, Uh, Searching. (laughs) So searching Mm -hmm. would be um, searching and gathering kind of go together. So if you know what you're, what you want to do, can you gather, find the supplies that you need, um, kind of come up Mm -hmm. with a plan in your head, go and find them, gather them, um, organize Mm -hmm. them so that you can Mm -hmm. use them. And then restoring would be putting them back. Now, restoring, I think, might be something that (laughs) that we struggle with from many people. (laughs) (laughs) Internal, see their laundry put away, and oh yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh yes, (laughs) we have piles and piles Mm. all over. It it happens Mm -hmm. to the best of us, but that is something that we can be working on. And outside, there are so many people going into um, even. Into national parks, you can talk about that. And that gives a very natural way of speaking mm. of it that you can't take things out of a national park right. and you can uh-huh. observe it, but you're supposed mm-hmm. to restore it exactly where it came from. And this is to protect the ecosystem right. and it's protect the animals that are out there. And it gives us a different way of mm. talking about putting things away and building this habit without being like, go put your laundry mm-hmm. away. I told you this a million times. But right. Uh-huh. You know, but instead being able to naturally speak of it and um, this is our nature, this is nature and this is a habitat of another living thing mm-hmm. um, and then carry that right. over. Yeah. It's, well, it takes the context ways. out of yes. need to yes. do that. Yeah. The more mm-hmm. ways that we have to talk to our kids and to carry over and to use story and narrative within their days. Um, it's, it just gives us so many different opportunities and ways to, ways to connect. Mm-hmm. So the next one, negotiating. So negotiating would be, um, you know, if you see an obstacle in your way, um, do you know how to change your mm. plan or um, not even sometimes? Yes. Your motor plan. So I was climbing up this rocky mm-hmm. hill and then a rock fell down. So that's one way of noticing yes. and, and negotiating. Um, so changing mm-hmm. your motor plan, but also just looking safety wise and scanning your environment and knowing, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what's around me mm-hmm. looking out for other areas. Um, and then noticing and responding is the next one. So do you notice something that is not safe or do you notice something that's around you and how do you respond to that? How do you adjust mm-hmm. your body? How do you adjust, um, what your plan was for, no, I'm going to go get in this water here. Oh, there's a water snake. No, I'm not. Let me turn around. <laughs> you know, I have noticed, responded, and adjusted my plan. So all of those are the ways that we take process skills. And if you go to the next slide, I've got some mm-hmm. examples there. Again, of my own kids. So <laughs> someday they're going to find all of these things, webinars and podcasts that I've done. And be like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> But these, one of these is me. So I didn't actually use my my children. But this one, um, I was out and we were, um, 
it's at this beautiful park that's really nearby us and there is a creek. But then instead of building a bridge, they just put up a wire, um, tra- I don't know, trapeze, is that what you call it? I don't know, a wire line, I guess, to go across. Um, so within that, yes, there obviously is a lot of motor skills to get across it, but I needed to come up with my plan first. I needed to notice what was there um, to plan, okay, so how am I going to get there? Am I going to walk across the water? Am I going to choose to use this wire bridge? Am I going to um, ask somebody else for help? Like These are all the process skills that you had to go through. Um, and then walking across, one of my friends asked me to stop to take a picture. So that's an adjustment in what my original plan was. So again, all these process skills that I just naturally did because I was outside. Um, and then my, my boys here climbing a tree, which I kind of talked a little bit about before, but if you look at the weather here, um, it was snowy that day and they're having to, they're climbing a tree. They've climbed to that same area about, I don't know, 977 times because it's really close by our house. But in that respect, they had to know what is different when it's raining and when it's snowy and the tree is going to feel different, um, what I'm going to do with my body is going to be different. How high I can go is going to be different. No, so they have to notice the the safety or notice the variables and adjust their safety there. So again, process skills yeah. just kind of naturally built in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Just the environment, and it could be the same mm-hmm. place. Super right. Yeah. I mean, and there are so many different days and I don't know who said it first, but you know, and they were talking about, there's no um, bad weather. There's just bad clothing. And I actually think that that (laughs) is very true because I want my kids outside, whether it's rainy and whether it's freezing and um, because they do have different experiences in each one. You know, right now, as we're going out, they have to stick to the trails so much more because of ticks and because of the, you know, all the different bugs mm. and animals that are alive right now that we're hibernating in the winter. And so what they do is mm-hmm. very different now versus what they did in the winter. Um, and they're just two yeah. very, very different environments just because of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one we've got, these are social skills and wow, I can't read that at all the way that I have this set up. So <laughs> I'm just oh, let's see. Um, here if I make try it without my glasses on here. <laughs> yeah, approaches. Oh, I wonder if I pull it up on my own, then I can see them. So let me go. Yeah. Find them. Um, okay. So social skills always makes me laugh because you know the how many of you heard at the very beginning when you were going to say, yes, I'm going to homeschool. And they were talking about, oh, well, how are you going to socialize your children? Socialize. No, it is just mm-hmm. everybody, I think, has heard that. Um, right. But we are providing that opportunities for our, for our children to um, to interact with each other, to interact with us as mm-hmm. parents when we're there, mm-hmm. we're in groups to interact with others. And so um, mm-hmm. I actually sometimes laugh because when somebody does ask me that question, I want to be like, oh, well, did you know that there's actually 21 social skills? And would you like me to go through how I'm going to do that? <laughs> I don't really think that's an appropriate answer. So I haven't. But, you know, but, now, now you all know there are specific social skills. Um, 
And here is how we look at them, right? As occupational Mm -hmm. therapists. So the first one would be approaches. Um, How do you walk up to a person, um, greet them? And, you know, this is very different with your friends versus your parents versus whoever, you know, your Sunday school teacher Mm -hmm. or the person that the stranger down the street. It's a different skill based on each person. Mm -hmm. Can you start a conversation after you have approached them? Um, Mm -hmm. Actually producing speech in itself is a social skill. Um, Mm -hmm. Gesticulates. If you see me now on this webinar, you've probably seen my hands waving all over the place. I talk with my hands all day long, every day, um, and gesturing. <laughs> and there are times when it's very um, obnoxious, but <laughs> so appropriate <laughs> gesturing, um, yeah. turning towards a person when you're going to talk to them and looking mm-hmm. at them. Mm-hmm. So that's eye contact, one of the social mm-hmm. skills, um, touching which who even knows what is appropriate touching right now. <laughs> we can wait from six feet away. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Right. Um, Knuckle bump. <laughs> right? And, yes. yes. And and when will that change? Who knows? But we will, you know, yeah. conquer that skill again. Um, right. Regulating our body. So I talked a little bit about sensory processing and how that regulation mm-hmm. is, but are you able to regulate your body enough that you can focus and speak to another person? Or are you so mm-hmm. overstimulated by a social situation that you are trying to avoid it? And either way, you know, again, God, mm-hmm. we are perfectly and wonderfully made. Um, and so mm-hmm. each person is different, but us helping our children to work through that and to find out what their right. purpose is, find out what their um, sensory needs are can really help in an environment mm-hmm. to help them get through. Um, (laughs) Do we ask appropriate questions? Um, So before Mm. that, one of the process skills is, are you even inquiring? But Mm -hmm. then social skills is, are you asking those questions? And are you asking them at appropriate times? Or are you interrupting a million times and waiting for someone else? And um, Mm -hmm. then if someone does ask you a question, are you replying at an appropriate time are you replying with an appropriate answer um discloses yes. discloses always makes me laugh especially when we talk about mm. um social skills you know our kids just throwing out all of this information <laughs> i had my daughter um one time we were in the doctor's office and she was asking about you know was there well checkups and she was asking about school and my daughter was like well, we don't go to school anymore <laughs> oh brother <laughs> That is, that is one of those things where I'm like, okay, maybe we will go through what is appropriate to say and what is the best reply in that situation. You do a lot of school. It's just very different. Um, Expresses emotion. Um, So are you able to identify your feelings and then can you tell them to other people? Are you expressing them um, appropriately so that people can help you with your emotions? Yes. Um, disagreement, mm-hmm. man, is this an important one, especially, you know, can you be respectful when you're disagreeing with somebody and have a conversation and work through it? I think if there is one social mm-hmm. skill that I can work on with my children, it is to politely disagree with a person and be able to stand on their own two feet in that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. giving thanks and especially towards 
um, other people that are around you or giving thanks to adults, giving thanks to people who are younger than you, um, being able to interact with people of all different ages and to have these same skills. Um, transitioning, yeah. mm-hmm. so moving between activities um, or even between different environments, so transitioning in that way, mm-hmm. being able to time your response to others. Um, so are you following the same conversation that I am or are you still back on, we were talking about, you know, motor skills and now you want to ask me a question about, about that. So are you able to time those responses, mm-hmm. um, taking turns again, that <laughs> taking turns and sharing are two, um, very interesting things that were, um, mm-hmm. I think coming out of COVID that our kids are very confused about. So I think that's going to take a lot of time. Yes. <laughs> that is, that's going to be something watching how we come out of this one. Um, matching languages, I think is another really interesting way. Um, you know, am I talking to my mom the same way that I talk to my daughter, the same way that I talk to the neighbor down the street? You know, those are two different ways that are very different ways that I should be talking. Uh oh, I think Peggy, we lost her. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to keep going and hope that she gets back. She's been in a hotel, and so she, um, I think her internet might have gone out. So I'm just going to keep going, um, and hopefully she can come back and join us. Um, the next one was clarifies. So are you able to clarify what you're saying? So if you start with a question and then I'm confused about it, can you then clarify your answer? Um, the next one would be matching your knowledge. So if I am talking to you specifically about one thing and then you already know about it, are you able to tell me that, um, appropriately without being like, I already know that. You know, there are two different hmm. ways to speak through that. Oh, you are back. I, I lost I'm you for sorry. a minute. Yep. That's okay. My internet is really not good at this hotel. And I'm going to pull the slides again. Thank you for just keeping going on. <laughs> we just, I just kept trying on going. And I was like, well, I think she'll come back. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's that's what I told you to do. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Because, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. It's always unpredictable. When you're traveling, I get it. I get it. Right now, what we're doing is I'm empathizing, you know, and that is another one of those social skills. Accommodating, which would be if, so if I can tell that you're having kind of um, internet issues or I can tell that there's something that's mm-hmm. happening, can I change what I'm doing and accommodate for you? So that is a social skill mm-hmm. in itself. Um, and then the last one would be benefits. So can I tell, um, when I'm in a situation, can I look at you and tell if you are benefiting from that situation as as well, as well, or or am I more self-centered and what we say at that point, am I being Mm -hmm. all Sarah, all about (laughs) Sarah.com? Am I really open to what is happening with other people around me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That so that's your list yeah, of nice. social skills. Yeah. But now it's nice to see it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Someone asks you how you're going to socialize your children. You can give, well, I am, I am going to make mm-hmm. sure that they can approach someone and that they can, you can mm-hmm. really go into the, the itty bitty basics of it. 
Right. Instead of, yeah, sort of just in, stick them in a classroom with a bunch of kids right. uh, the same age right. and that we're calling it socialization. <laughs> I like your exactly. definition better. Yes. <laughs> we can go to the next one and I can show you. So um, in nature, you know, just being around more than one person, you're already catering to those social skills. Mm. But even within groups, yes. it naturally encourages these as well. And you can see in these pictures, you know, we have people of all ages that are coming within our groups. Um, there's mm -hmm. other parents who are pouring into my children. There are other kids that are mm -hmm. around of all ages. You can see my daughter, who is one of the older ones within this group, and the little ones who are following along. I have a picture of her last week where there was like five little girls who were like holding on to her and a few of her of the other kids Aww. the same age are holding onto their shirts and pulling them along. And mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this helps them. You know, we talked a little bit about matching languages. And so are you talking to these kiddos the way that you should be? You know, these are all hmm. social skills that when you are outside in nature, they're, that gives them something else to talk about. You know, she's saying to these right. little guys, hey, look around. Do you see this cloud? And hmm. what do you imagine that cloud can be? And um, coming up with just natural yeah. questions to engage other people around them. And they mm -hmm. do it. This, when you're outside, it gives you something to talk about and something to relate to people that mm -hmm. even if they're brand new to your life or brand new to you, um, yeah. you're in the same space and you have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that commonality. So important. Last picture that's there is my youngest son, and he was in the front of our blow up kayak. And oh. even when I know when we are thinking about social skills, even when we're thinking about our own time and our own social skills, mm -hmm. um, with our children, when you are one on one with them outside and you're pouring into them and you are giving them your full attention, think about all of the mm -hmm. number one, how they feel and what they know that they're getting from you and you are modeling to them, but also mm. the things that they come up with at that point in time. And you're relating at a totally different level that you can carry on at mm -hmm. home later on. Yes. Oh, that's a great point. Yes. It's those new opportunities that you wouldn't have had before. Love that. Very cool. So you have for those of you who are, yeah, so who are interested in doing um, nature groups outside. Um, so like I mentioned at the very, very beginning, we started a nature group. Um, all that mm -hmm. we did basically was open up the All Trails app on our phones and come up with the oh, trails yeah. that are nearby to us. Um, mm -hmm. And at that point, we just started a Facebook group and started posting where we were going to be that Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and people started coming. And so cool. it was that simple that we are just meeting mm -hmm. outside. Um, now we did start doing some nature lessons. Um, and mm -hmm. specifically, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that, um, it wasn't until we started going outside a lot that I really started to pay attention to the differences in my kids. Um, and they started mm -hmm. to ask me questions and I didn't mm -hmm. know any of the answers because <laughs> I was not an outdoor person. So uh, we, we started with exploring. 
That's right. Mm -hmm. So we started with exploring nature with children. Um, It's actually a really, really um, inexpensive curriculum. Um, Raising Mm -hmm. Little Shoots, you can find her on Instagram. I think you can also, um, if you Google it, you can show come up there. And what that curriculum does is it provides a, like a topic for every week, 52 weeks out of the year, a topic um, for every week. And there's a poem, there's a picture study, it relates it to Comstock's nature um, guide. So you can, um, for kids who want to go really more in depth, um, it mm-hmm. provides picture book options. Um, so it was really integral for us at the beginning because mm-hmm. then I could say, hey, this is what we're, we're, this week we're talking about moons or this week we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. mini beasts is one of them when she's talking about bugs. And mm-hmm. um, so it gave us something really specific to look at. Cool. Now mm-hmm. that my kids are older, and that we've been doing this for a while, um, actually brought it. We have um, the Law's Guide to Nature Drawing and Nature Journaling, um, which is hmm. beautiful. And this book really, he goes into a lot of the questions that you can ask when you're outside, mm-hmm. things like, I notice, I um, respond, I wonder about um, some of actually yeah. the exact language that I was using there. Um, he talks about making mm. Venn diagrams and comparing to, you know, my son was doing it today with a um, porcupine and a hedgehog. And so what are, you know, comparing what is the same, what is different mm-hmm. of the two. Um, he also does a lot of how to draw within this guide. Oh, um, neat. Uh-huh. He has a bazillion YouTube videos too. And so this is what we're using now. Um, we basically go outside and I say, what do you, you know, what do you see or what is something that, mm-hmm. you know, piques your interest or what is something different this season versus the last time we were out here? Um, mm-hmm. And they, they start with that. And that's, and then I have found that that has given them enough freedom, but also enough um, boundaries because it's something that they see. So they can always find something that they see or they feel or they right. smell. You know, we mm-hmm. talk a lot about their senses. And then they um, start to to draw or to do whatever there. Mm-hmm. Um, our nature journals, I brought this to, I don't know if I can really show it that well, but um, so we do a family nature journal instead of having oh, cool. um, a big one, you know, for each kid. I take out mm-hmm. clipboards with us and they're the clipboards mm-hmm. that, um, you know, open on the inside so we can put art supplies in there. You might see mm-hmm. nurses using mm-hmm. them actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the ones that I that I have, I ordered and I didn't realize it was a nurse's one has all kinds of, you know, blood pressure norms and things on the back. <laughs> just in case. Um, so just in case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I put paper in there and they have, everybody has colored pencils and we now, we, we're using watercolor pencils so that they can um, add to their drawings yeah. and things. Mm-hmm. And then we come home and they all get put into one notebook. So we have, you know, what my son does at the same time as what I drew and my same time that my five-year-old drew, the same time that my daughter, you know, did. And um, Mm -hmm. so they're all just together. They're not always the same topic, but they're all together. Okay. And over the years, you know, this is our third year that we've been doing this. And Mm -hmm. to watch their drawings from my son when he was two Mm -hmm. when we started this. And now he's five. And then what he'll be doing later on. I mean, it's just... Mm-hmm. To watch the progression is beautiful. Yeah. Really yeah. It is nice to see those changes and, and to have that, that history. You're watching just their, their skills increase and 
their observation and all of those things are showing up on those papers. Talking specifically about our therapy goals, I mean, so many people, again, are going into therapy for their fine motor control. And um, it's so hard when we're asking them to write more and more and more sentences, but we get them mm-hmm. outside and you ask them to find something that they see and then draw it on their paper. Right. And it's just more, it is more natural, but also mm-hmm. look at, you know, they probably have also already gone for a walk and they might have mm-hmm. climbed something around. So their bodies are more prepared to be able to sit yes. and to write. Yes, yes, there. yes. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they need that, that movement before they sit down and do the work. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. So you can move on to the next one. All right. We're, we're up, up to an hour already. So I don't know okay. if we go through. You this can actually go and, right past yep. that one. Cause what, what I was okay. talking, well, I mean, the really important thing here is what, I, what, when you are working with a direct therapist, and how mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned this already about how they yep. should be able yep. to give you some ideas for specific adaptations mm-hmm. when you're moving into going outside. Great. Yes. Awesome. And you got some favorite books too and resources. Yes. There we go. So some of my very favorite ones for being outside, um, balanced and barefoot. And she talks a lot about um, sensory mm. processing and being outside and how, the um, skills that you can accomplish when you are out there speaking specifically towards oh, okay. regulating your body. Um, then the mm. out-of-sync child mm. has fun. Carol Kranowitz does this very similar thing. Mm. He's not very specific about being outdoor activities. Some of them are inside, okay. but some are also outside. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura yep. Park Figueroa is another occupational therapist. She opened a practice mm. out in California um, and that is all nature-based. Um, and so she has cool. a book, Therapy in the Great Outdoors. And that mm. one is geared more towards occupational therapists, but there are kid-tested mm. activities that are within there as well. So those are my three favorite cool. resources for bringing your therapy goals out there. Awesome. Now that's good to get started with the other two that you suggested and um, good resources for parents. They don't know what to do. Get started with those. So awesome. These were just, I told you, I was going to list how you can find the good old OTPF. Yes. Okay. In case anyone wants to read that 90 page document. Okay. (laughs) Yep. More power to you. (laughs) So that's it. Uh, Yeah. So people can find you at um, homeschoolot.com. And um, your email is Sarah at homeschoolot.com. And you're on Instagram at homeschool OT. You're you're finding a nice theme here. (laughs) Yes. And your Facebook group is homeschool ideas. So So uh, that that, um, Facebook group has several different OTs from across the nation and homeschool families. And so people can ask questions and share ideas in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have also, I created a course for occupational therapists on homeschooling. Um, so that hopefully when you go into, Mm -hmm. you know, if you need this direct therapy and you're going in there, you're not hearing all of these, what, you can't homeschool your kids Mm or, um, you know, all of these questions that, Mm -hmm. that we as homeschoolers often get. So hopefully, um, I, and I have a list of people in each, not every state yet, but I'm working on it. Um, Mm -hmm. so if you are looking for, for a direct therapist, if you, um, contact me, I can make sure that you, I can find you somebody in your state. 
great. That's a great resource. Yes. Um, we would love to connect with Sarah on um, her website, homeschoolod.com. And yeah, just a, an incredible resource you are um, for parents who are, you know, taking their kids out of school or COVID homeschooling and going, how do we continue with therapy goals? I think we get, um, we get so set in that, that if we don't go to therapy all the time and then we're just, it's not going to reach those goals for our kids, but I, I think you kind of squashed that <laughs> this hour. So, so thank you for I doing that. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is a time and a place for having direct therapy and to go into the clinic and to work mm-hmm. with therapists, but there also is a way to just naturally um, embed this in your day. And hopefully your therapist is working with you on that and how to yes. do that. So I think the more and more we can get our get outside, our, our kids have just these natural abilities and natural desires to be able to mm-hmm. achieve these goals. Yeah, yeah. And you're building lifelong skills, too, that they can take into you know, just their daily lives to, to continue improving. You know, we as adults, we need to be outside, too. So <laughs> it's important. So, great. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate all of that you've shared. It was just, it, it taught me a lot of things I never knew too. So I'm, I, that's why I love doing this show. I, I learn a lot and, um, and the audience just comes along for the ride. And um, we have one viewer who was watching on, on YouTube and she said, I have to catch this in the morning, but want to thank you for doing such an important work. So, Thank yes. you. You are very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I love what I do. I love it. Uh, I hope that comes well, across. We, it, all the it does. It it shows. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and Terry said, uh, "You ladies are impressive." As an educator for many years, I appreciate your work. So, awesome. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> I appreciate you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah. I. Like again, I just, yeah, always impressed and always learning something new from you. So um, it's always great to have you on. So thank you again for, for joining us. You're very welcome. I love this too. Yeah. And we want to thank Clearwater Press for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. You can check out their website at clearwaterpress.com. If you're looking for a writing curriculum for sixth through 12th graders, I something I highly recommend. And, week last week we're going to be talking about learning hours it's not going to be on tuesday night though it's going to be on wednesday night so wasn't able to get tuesday so next week different day same time so um still time eight to nine o'clock and we are going to talk about forming learning around outdoor experiences from a curriculum developer who um is with winter promise and I don't know if you know about Winter Promise. I just happened upon them on the internet, but they have all this outdoor learning curriculum. And so he writes this and it's how do you, what you're doing outside and turn it into learning. So that's going to be exciting. Can't wait. I have two new things to look up. Because I was just thinking about Clear, about the um, Clear Water Press, about that magazine, mm-hmm. if you could do it as a nature journal. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can do anything with it because it just whatever theme you decide to go with, you can do that. But yeah, 
great idea. <laughs> Just pull it all together. <laughs> we're, we're getting all curriculum for next year to settle right now. <laughs> I had no idea that was what I was doing today, but now I have a plan. <laughs> well, awesome. I can help you too. Yep. Uh, and I, um, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. all of you for joining us. Yeah, you are welcome. We are here every Tuesday night, usually, um, and Wednesday next week, but um, just talking about different things. Things to teach your unique learner, empower you to do that well. And that's what our goal is here at Homeschool. So, so thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, and we'll see you next week right here um, on Empowering Homeschool Conversation. Have a great week and we'll see you then. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.